Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's Eastern Christian Publications. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. I assume my voice sounds chipper enough, but maybe I should have it a little more solemn because this Sunday in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, for those churches that are on the Gregorian calendar, in the Byzantine churches, today, Sunday, is the Sunday of the prodigal son. It's yet another one of our preparatory Sundays for the great season of Lent. This is where we have the sadness of the father who is betrayed by his youngest son, terribly betrayed. And then the son goes off and lives a life that he thinks is going to make him happy, as so oftentimes we do today. We think that something beyond what is of God, what is of our family and church will make us happy. We reach for it and we're unhappy. So the prodigal son returns to his father. So there's a sadness, and we sing a hymn called the By the Waters of Babylon. It's from the Psalms because we are in exile, as was the prodigal son. So we take this theme from the scripture and we incorporate it into our own lives as we prepare for this great season of Lent, the season of the great fast. And the prodigal son like us, the point here is this sense of exile, of not being where we really ought to be, not being in sync, not being at home in our spiritual home. As always, the liturgical texts are so insightful. They really immerse us into the reality of the event or the scripture passage that we're living. And that's the key. The key is immersion and encounter. It's not just reading the scripture. It's not just quoting the scripture. It's not even just knowing chapter verse. That's all great. We should do that more, actually. We should do more of that. But it's about encounter immersion. It's about becoming scripture, entering into that event. And the liturgy of the church, liturgical life of the church, is there for that express purpose to draw us into the reality of the scripture, to make that which in the scripture ours, our experience, relevant, real, timeless. One of the Vesper verses that we sing for the Sunday of the Prodigal Son says this, 
I have sown in a land of innocence and life, and have harvested the ears of thoughtlessness. I have gathered my actions into bundles of sheaves, but I have not placed them on the threshing floor of repentance. And now I pray to you, O my God, for you are the pre-eternal tiller of our fields. With the breath of your loving kindness, winnow the grain of my actions, feed my soul with your grace and forgiveness, gather me into heavenly granaries, and save me. Very poetic, very metaphoric terminology there, as often it is in the liturgical text. And remember, these texts were originally written in Greek, and then into Slavonic, and now English, and other languages. So a lot of the poetic impact was from that that Greek tradition. Some of it gets a little bit lost, but you can still feel it and sense it. And what I read here from this liturgical text of Vespers, the analogies of bundles of sheaves, of threshing floor. In other words, the reality of, of farming, the symbols of farming, of tilling the soil and the fields. And it, it's basically an analogy of fertility versus infertility, life versus non-life. See, any choice for God and God's ways, God's order of things, God's law, God's love, that is a choice for life. Anything that is not that is, in a sense, a non-choice or a choice for death. So it's always a choice of life or fecundity, fruitfulness, versus a life of fruitlessness, of barrenness. That's really what our lives are about. And the prodigal son chooses what he thinks is going to be very fruitful, just like Eve choosing, reaching for that forbidden fruit, thinking it will make her smart as God and happy. And yet we end up with fruitlessness. So a choice for sin is a non-choice. In some of the other verses here, we get some more insights into the reality of this event, of the story of the prodigal son. It says here in the Matins for Sunday, having lost my right reason, I have followed the force of my passions but deign to accept me, O Lord, as the prodigal. Okay, having lost my right reason. Right reason means that we choose and we see the order of things, God's order of things, how things are designed by God. You see, in our lives, and we see this today, in our world today especially, we see this difference, this disparity between ideology and reality. Reality, close to the word reason, means that we are using our cognitive capacities and using them correctly. Joined with that is our vision, our sight. In a sense, it's like seeing with the eyes of our soul, thinking with the eyes of a, of a correct mind. In other words, that we can see rationally, we can see truth We can see reality. We see things and know things as they are, not how we want them to be, not how we personally wish they would be, not according to some latest trend or ideology. And this is what's happening today a lot. This is why we need the church today, especially in particular, if I may say so, the spiritual of the Byzantine churches, the Eastern churches, especially like today, where they draw us into so rich a lesson as this prodigal son. And they draw us in there, as I mentioned, through the liturgy. In our world today, you hear a lot of ideology. A lot of things are ideologically driven. Now, ideology means, well, think of the word, the Greek word id, means the I, the person. From id, I-D, we get idea, or even idiot, or ideological. 
idiosyncratic. All these things mean basically a person into themselves, into their thinking. That's why we sometimes say about a person who's acting different than everybody else, strangely, we say, what an idiot. In other words, he's acting in his own world. Well, this is what ideology is, and this is especially true, and we need to warn our young people, especially when they go off to college, we have to warn them about the immense allurement and pressure, manipulation, omnipresence of ideologies, things that we might identify as socialism, communism, agnosticism, atheism, moral relativism, hedonism, secularism, all these isms. Anytime you're into an ism, it's bad news. These are ideologies where we have a way of thinking and seeing life not as it really is, not according to God's design, but according to how we want it to be or how someone else says it ought to be. An ideology can always be traced to some kind of human origin, sometimes to a single person, but not always. But the important thing is that the ideology is not reality. Reality means God's order, how things really are, how God set the stars in the sky, that he made gravity, he made us man and woman, told us to be fruitful and multiply, he made us to desire union and communion, he made us in his own image and likeness. He made the principles of mathematics and physics, you know, the way things work, the secrets of the universe. He made all that. He created all that. It works a certain way. Family life, marriage, the environment, everything is designed to work a certain way, and that way participates in and reveals God. That is reality. Now, the goal of our lives on earth is to line up our lives, our vision, and how we live according to that vision, according to the reality. In other words, according to God's order of things, not according to an ideology. And when this scriptural verse talks about having lost right reason, it means exactly that. The reason, again, related to the word reality, the both beginning with R-E-A, real reason, reality, or rational, it means that we have lost our cognitive, our authentic cognitive clarity and the clarity of our vision. This is what the prodigal son lost. And so he went off with a clouded vision, without right reason. And since it was not reality, you know, it fooled him. He was manipulated by it, seduced by it, as we are today by many ideologies, especially our young people, as we are seduced by that, we end up miserable because it's not reality. Think about something like gravity. If we want to deny that gravity exists and decide that we can jump off a bridge, flap our arms and fly like a bird because we want to fly, I would love to fly. I love watching an eagle or, or a hawk soar, just effortlessly soaring on the waves of the wind. It's amazing. Wish I could do that. Or like an angel. But because I wish I want it to be, doesn't mean that it is. So I can't pretend gravity doesn't exist, jump off a bridge and flap my arms because I want to fly. This is what we do today. If we want it, we think it should be, then we act as though it is. And what happens? Well, what happens when you jump off a bridge denying gravity? 
you're going to get hurt, obviously, or killed. doesn't work. So what the liturgy is doing here, it's very, very ingeniously describing what the prodigal son's choice is, which, of course, is oftentimes our choice through sinfulness, losing our right reason. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this rich, brilliant time, the Sunday of the prodigal son. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $20 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. 60491 and may God grant you I'm Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Kostka, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago and you are listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East Back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. You hear throughout our program in the background the mournful chants of the Byzantine Church on this Sunday and all through the rest of our preparatory Sundays for Lent and into the Lenten season itself. And that is, by the waters of Babylon we wept. It's from the Psalms. It's the lament of the Jewish people who were in exile, taken into exile by the Babylonians. And the Babylonians asked them to sing, sing for us, you Jewish people. You like to sing and chant. And they couldn't because they lamented, they longed for their homeland. And so we read the story of the prodigal son and we chant this hymn of exile because the whole theme is that we are, as the prodigal son is and was, in exile in so much as we do not choose to live according to the right vision of things, to live in reality as we're saying here today, to embrace something that is really delusionary, This is the problem today. We affirm and make normative delusion, and we do so by coercion, because ideology cannot reign. It it seeks to reign. It seeks to be prevalent, to prevail, and it cannot be accepted because of our human nature. We're made in the image likeness of God. We're made to sense deep inside of us what is right, what is of God, and what is not. And we do not easily accept, in the deepest part of us, that which is not according to God's order. Now, we do accept it out of our weakness, but this is why ideologies, 
as I mentioned before, secularism, moral relativism, atheism, agnosticism, all these kinds of ideologies, all these kinds of isms. If you notice, their technique, their MO, is manipulation and coercion, force. Think of fascism, communism, socialism. Anything that has an ism, that's an ideology, only takes hold by force and manipulation, and eventually we're all miserable because it's not reality. So Lent, as we approach Lent, we see in today's lessons the prodigal son choosing at first delusion, but then choosing reality. Reality was back at his father's house, the day-to-day living with the love of his father, the reality of waiting for your inheritance, not looking at your father, looking him in the eye. Can you imagine that? He looks his father in the eye and basically says, Father, pretend that you're dead because that's, that's when, you, when I get my inheritance. And I want your, my inheritance now. So the only way I can get it from you is to have you pretend like you're dead. Because I want money more than I care about you. Can you imagine that? But you know what? That's not far-fetched. It happens all the time in our world today. Yes, it does. It happens every time among some of our young people, picking on the young people a little bit today, but they need some picking on. They need some encouragement. They need some fatherly paternal correction here. They don't get enough of it. If we care about them, we will correct them. But what happens with our young people is they'll do things like after being raised in the church, going to church with their family, they go through college, pick up the ideologies of the world, and then they come home and announce that they're going to get married on a beach in Indonesia in front of a Hindu shaman, although they were married, although they were born and raised Catholic thinking nothing of the hurt, dismay, shock, disappointment of their parents and other family members who also were faithful Catholics. They think nothing of it. This happens all the time. Destination weddings that are not in the church. People who are being remarried who should not be remarried. They don't have an annulment yet. They're being married outside the church and civil weddings and so on all over the place. These destination weddings that you see on TV This is exactly what the prodigal son did. And young people today, somehow they have an ability, and I call it a sociopathic ability, to do as the prodigal son did, to look at their parents and say, this is how I'm getting married. I expect you to go along with it. I expect you to accept me. That's a big, big word today among the young. Acceptance, accept me. And so they say to their parents, accept what I'm going to do. You must accept it. The parents are brokenhearted. And many times young people have no feel for that whatsoever. This is the prodigal son story. We live it. It's not just a story in the Bible. That's nice. That's interesting. Yeah, the prodigal son, that guy over there, you know, that guy in that story, shame on him. No, it's us. And so oftentimes it's our young people in this, precisely in this way, And this, I call it sociopathic. Sociopathic means you don't feel for the pain of the other that that you're inflicting on them. I must speak very plainly here because you know what? We're getting into that season of reality where we really do look at our sinfulness. We don't like that. We don't like having anything or anybody, even ourselves, our own conscience, tell us that we're sinners, that we're wrong, that we're capable of any kind of sin. And in fact, we do sin. We don't like that. This is a time, yeah, to be rough on ourselves. The good time will come later, but first we pass through the rough period. Real brutal honesty, rooting out our sinfulness through prayer and fasting and penance. 
Now, in the liturgical verses, we also pray this on this Sunday and week of the prodigal son. It says here, For the evil enemy has stripped me and taken away all my wealth. I have foolishly squandered my spiritual treasure, but now I arise and return to you, saying, Accept me as one of your servants. For you are the one who stretches out your hands on the cross to deliver me from the evil monster and to clothe me once again in my true robe. My true robe. Now, at the beginning of that, I said this, For the evil enemy has stripped me. Then I ended by saying, Clothe me once again in my true robe. Notice the analogy there, the play on robe and clothing. This is a metaphor for our, well, it's actually a pretty rich metaphor. It refers to our spiritual clothing, that we are clothed, as we say from St. Paul's epistles. When we are baptized into Christ, we have put on Christ. All who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, this robe that we put on. In other words, a garment that covers us completely. And what is that garment? The garment is the robe of the image of Christ. It also means that in our original innocence, we had a glorious body and soul. And when we fell from original sin, when we became the first prodigal sons and daughter, actually, Adam and Eve, we, we rejected our father's house, we rejected our father's love. When that happened, our very being, including our bodies, became more coarse, as the Eastern fathers say. In other words, we took on a, they call it a garment of skin. The, the coarseness that we know in our bodies now, you know, they can get dirty, they can get worn out, they can get sick, they can get wrinkly, they can get smelly, and then they, they perish in the ground and decay in the ground. That's a coarseness that was not there when we were first created. And so Christ comes to put on a new garment. Instead of this coarse garment of skin, as the fathers say, it's a garment that's more like our original garment, more spiritualized, not just physical, but sort of physical and spiritual all at the same time, a spiritualized body that we will get at the end of time, at the eschaton, when our bodies rise up, reunite with our souls. They'll be gloriously transfigured in this some, some type of state of spiritual body, bodiness. It's a mystery. But this is what this phrase robe, this play on the word clothing and robe refers to. Again, very, very rich. This Sunday, this week of the prodigal son draws us into the reality of our own prodigalness. That's the whole point of the Lenten season. As we build up to it with these themes, we are in exile to the point that we do not choose God. We do not choose according to right reason. We do not choose according to our authentic self. Another way that the prodigal son's choice and behavior is described is when he returned, it says, he came to himself. He came to himself. Notice, he first returned within himself to his true self because this was his false self that he chose, his non-self. His real self is that image and likeness of God. So he came to himself, or he came to right reason that is what he chose when he returned back to his father's house. And turning back to right reason, turning back to ourselves, our real selves, is what we too are called to do at this time. And we get help in that through the genius of the liturgy of the church, especially today's Sunday of the Prodigal Son.
Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. News from around the world as it happens. Religious liberty, immigration, prayer, plus daily reports from the White House, Capitol Hill, and Rome. Get the Catholic News perspective on the things that impact your life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.